on the softs. On the softs is back. The Spanish Grand Prix. What a sensational race! Phenomenal people race. said it was. People said it was going to be boring, and it was. It was anything but. It was yeah. a Great race. Max Verstappen, another win. I hate him. I hate this man. I they, so they, all right. They robbed Checo. They robbed Checo. Listen, we'll get into team orders because I I know my my Twitter was like I, I get it. So listen though, Verstappen has uh, issues in FP two. Everybody thought it was the end or qualifying. Everybody thought it was the engine. I was ready to have a panic attack, but it's just like his DRS didn't deploy, which is weird. It happened during the race too, but um, it a lot during the race. What? It happened a lot during the race. Yeah, like he could get it and then he couldn't. It was... Yeah, it was it was weird. Um, but like the the thing that was like frustrating, it's like Crofty was on there. And they're like, oh, like the car sounds different before and after the issue. It's like nothing happened with the car. Like the car is fine. Like for once, we actually had something that's like semi reliable and not an absolutely massive issue. But I think also like the no DRS, like that speaks to just like how strong the car just is flat out. You know, like if you could still chase and like hunt down the Ferraris and still have Merck, like having a good weekend, like you know, like right on your tail and like you're okay. I think that speaks to how strong the car truly is, especially on a it's scorching Spanish Grand Prix. The track was what 100 degrees or something like that. Like it was it was unreal, it was absolutely brutal for the cars. Um, so I kind of feel good to be honest. Like as crazy as it sounds. Um, I think Monaco is going to be going to be big, especially for Leclerc. Like looking ahead, um, he crashed Nicky Lauda's car. We're not going to let that slide. Um, but I think if, he, if there is a legitimate curse, if he does not do well next week, yeah, he's going by bad luck, Chuck, until he wins the next race because he just he's never finished a race at Monaco in any of his like series, the GP2, F2, F1. He's never finished a race there. He destroyed Nicky Lauda's car. Hey, brain failure. <laughs> he's like three That's seconds ahead, luck. and then the car just turns off for no reason. It was more than three seconds ahead. He could have just chilled that whole race. Yeah, he was just going to – George Russell. One home. George Russell played the ultimate defense and kept the, kept the Red Bulls behind, and then – then once I found out that Drake bet like two hundred fifty grand on him, it just all made sense. It just it, it all made sense. I can't believe that though. He looks so good. I mean, he every, the race was in the bag for him, and no power, no power. Oh, heart, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Absolutely what's heartbreaking. Even, what's more disappointing is if you said like before that race, uh, Leclerc is going to crash out, and then Max is going to spin and lose like ten seconds, and Carlos Sainz wanted to be on the podium. Like, what is Carlos Sainz doing? Yeah, dude, what was going on with that dude, win? Dude, we – I think there's – the win, that was a thing because when Carlos spun, I was like, oh, he's just, he just not built for this. Yeah. And then Max spun, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right. But oh, Carlos is having – he's having the worst luck out of anybody. I know everyone's been saying Lewis this, Lewis that, but Carlos is in a car that can win races, and he's not getting the results he wants. Who's saying Lewis is having bad luck? I mean, I think he's been having bad luck. This I think he's in a sure. shitbox car. Oh, he's in a shitbox car too. But then, dude, he starts this race, and what happens? Him and Magnuson touch. It's just never. It just never goes his way. But it's not going uh, Carlos Sainz's way at all either. I mean, he's just. Yeah. Some of them are his own. It's, I mean, it's it's his own fault. But this one wasn't. The car just got out on him, and he had a great recovery drive as well. But so like Max, Max, Lewis, uh, Carlos, and. Uh, Fernando all had really incredible drives yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, but like in, in, in the sport of Formula Run, right? Like, like in the structure, like if me and you are racing side by side and I hit you really bad, I throw you to the wall at Silverstone at 71 Gs, right? 
Oh, You're out of the race. With this. But I'm not out of the race, okay? I'm just like just, just generalizing here, okay? So that happens, right? But I can still go and finish the race. I'm going to get a penalty, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But what I'm saying is this. Whether it's intentional or not intentional from the signs case, the end result is the same of he's just not scoring points. So what I'm wondering is, my question to you, Jake, how many of these incidents like are going to compound until it's like it's just not working? I think if Signs like really starts blowing it this year, he won't be replaced or anything like during the year. But if he's just bad all year, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to like. Did they extend him officially? Like, was is that an official pen on paper contract, or is that still like, uh, yeah, he's coming? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And like the way F1 does deals, like I don't feel like anything's ironclad because. But the only problem, um, I think. For Ferrari is Mick Schumacher hasn't scored a point yet. He's well again. If and we're talking about replacing luck, him, like if Carlos Sainz is to be replaced, who do you? What do you do? Do you call Kimi Raikkonen? Do you call? Well, wow. Why is Why I, is Giovinazzi I, in the paddock? He's the he's the, the, he's the Ferrari driver. reserve driver. Okay, why? <laughs> that that he was my point. He's, so he, first off, around. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I think having him around brings in money. I think one of his sponsors is like a low sponsor on the team. He's Italian, dude. That's he's got connections to the team. He's he's their sim driver. It's, it is what it is. Really, honestly, if if we're talking, who would you replace in the Ferrari if if they were going to replace Carlos Sainz? Valtteri Bottas. I like that. I actually that's, really like that. That's that's one again. I would say Sebastian Vettel because I still think that Vettel. I part of me really wishes he was still with the top team because I still think he's a top driver. He's just in a shit box. But if we're gonna go with that relationship severed, I just don't see yeah. him being like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready <laughs> to come back. Maybe because he wants to win. But Valerie Bottas. I like that. If 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 that yeah, that's like a, big, a that's like this is like a one that, in a million chance of happening. And then what? Right. Science goes to Alpha to go die, like getting drafted by the Jags. Is that what's gonna happen? Dude, again, maybe you're just not. You're just again. I think he's still gonna win a race, so I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But I still and and uh, my big thing is for a lot of these guys who race with top teams and then go to lower teams, just go to IndyCar. Yeah, just, just do that. I I, I'm, I I can't wait for him to be in Indy. It's common, dude. It's just it, we're at that point. I can't. I'm sick of hearing Zach Brown. He's just not comfortable in the car. He hasn't Land- been comfortable in this, two years. Lando Norris had, like, tonsillitis and was racing in, like, 100-and-some-degree weather. He was, like, dying in the car, and he still finished, like, four places ahead of Danny Rick. Again, the car is built around Lando. I, I understand that, but I, I don't want to hear it. He's just – when when is he going to be comfortable with the car? Yeah, He's like, not. Monza was a good it's... race last year, but it only happened that way because Verstappen did a kickflip on uh, a Mercedes. Right, I, but again <laughs> – it's it, and again, he, that's a, a win is a win. So don't get me wrong; that was an impressive race, but for him, because you know he ended up winning it. But I'm I'm over. Like you're, he's thirty. What is he? Thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the, the, go the race other, an Indy car. Like go win, win races. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not. Also, he's a huge American figure, though. That's the biggest. Th- that's the other thing. That's why I wanted to come to Indy car because if he came to Indy car. He would be huge here, mm-hmm. huge. He would raise that from uh, mid-tier. Everyone thinks it's like a secondary to NASCAR thing, where it's not. It's not going to be the same as NASCAR, but you know, we're going to see more commercials, more TV coverage. Jimmy Johnson's not going to be the only IndyCar driver getting commercials, and he's like the worst one there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just on the street circuits. Yeah. He's god awful. He's horrendous. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into team orders. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. Here's my take. So, 
I think here's the reason why I'm cool with it. You could take control of the drivers' championship and the constructors in one weekend, score one two another one two weekend, another max point weekend, right? By the way, I don't think we've had uh, a two one two weekend. I think since 2016, perhaps. I thought you guys had uh, one this year. No, you guys... I'm saying two. Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Probably longer than that. It might have been when they were winning championships. Yeah, yeah, like last year. Um, but uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think like getting that is, is huge, right? Like it's huge for team morale. It's huge after you, you again. Like it's we're we're making this the most like fucking difficult thing ever for ourselves. Like we absolutely do terrible in qualify or terrible in practice. There's issues with the cars. We somehow do, like, okay in qualifying and then still, like, shoot ourselves in the foot there. And then, like, the race comes and, like, this magical thing happens and, like, we're fine regardless of all the issues that we have and everything. I think it's absolutely unreal. So I think, they, I think, I think it's a huge morale thing, but in this situation, to take control of the constructors and the driver's championship and you give Max all the confidence in the world, because, granted, he's probably pretty pissed this year because the car is not really where it should be, right? But I think you can solve so many issues with those, like, team orders, and I think that that's what I'm going to say before you rip into me, so go ahead. Well, before I rip into you, I will say I don't necessarily think they're getting, like, having problems during qualifying. I just think they've realized on pure pace when we're they're doing single lap speed like that, they're probably not going to beat the Ferrari on pure pace in qualifying trim. So I think they're doing everything in race trim because every time you see the Red Bulls like the second or third fastest car, you're like, oh, Ferrari looks good in qualifying, and then the race comes and the Red Bulls are the best car out on the track. I think it's a purposeful thing that everything they're doing is for points on Sunday. Like you always say, points on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, if you're in the front two, if you're on one or if you're second or third on the grid and your car is better than the car in front of you, you're probably going to win the race anyway. So I, I think I don't I think it's more so that everything's in race trim more than it's like oh you know we're having problems in qualifying I think a lot of it's almost intentional. I definitely I hate race orders in general, but I understand why Red Bull's doing it, and if they did it for Ferrari, I wouldn't be as mad. And it's like I don't I, hate them; it's part of the sport. I just need to rip on AJ because it's always Feltry, it's James. It's James. It's James. It's definitely Red Bull seeing, too, that they just broke a streak of seven consecutive years of Mercedes winning the drivers, and they have a chance to go back-to-back since the Seb years, and realizing how early it could have been locked up last year if it wasn't for a couple of shitty DNFs and, like, freak accidents. Mm -hmm. They're saying, like, just just like AJ said, max every point out as much as you can every weekend and just lock it up. Like, don't even worry about fairness. Just get it done with. It could be a lot worse. It could be Rubens Barrichello getting told 10 feet before the the start-finish line to back off so Michael Schumacher just speed by up and take the win. At least it happened, like, more organically, like, 20 laps ago. I mean, Schumacher was, like, ahead in the championship, like, by a margin by that time. Yeah, oh, no, at least Verstappen got the lead now. Yeah. Also, Max, Max, Max would have passed him regardless, right? It was the whole idea of we don't want you guys to battle and possibly wreck two cars because we could again. This is another thing where we can have a step up on Ferrari, right? So, it's like, whenever Ferrari has a bad weekend, we need to maximize points. Max had fresh tires. He he probably had the quicker car, and let's be honest, he's a better driver. So, he he, he would have won that race regardless, I would think, unless something weird happened. And again, some weird tailwind does something stupid and. There goes Max and Checo, and then it's like, wait, why the hell did we like let that happen? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think, and this goes back to what I was saying. I just really illustrated it well. We're having all these issues that we need to mitigate issues where we can. 
And I think that that's a prime example of that. Even though there's going to be people pissed on Twitter and you're going to hear this person and that person on TikTok, but it's like the truth. Like, like we need to maximize points where we can. And, you know, having two cars where we know who's a clear number one, who's a clear number two, like what's the point of that? that and that's another thing I was going to say. I don't know. Again, I don't know if Checo was just, you know, angry in the moment, but that's a wake-up call. That's why you're there, man. Yes. That's what you're there for. Absolutely. If if you can get the occasional occasional win, something happens to Max, or you're really better on pace, you'll get those wins. Azerbaijan, he got that win. Happened to Max, he blew the tire, Checo won the race, but you're there to be number two. Yeah. That, you're, that's always going to be the situation. I know he said that's not fair. I mean... You're a two. Like, it's it's not going to be fair. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're there for, essentially. Yeah. So, we normally talk about Red Bull issues, as we did before. Ferrari, what's going on there? I, I saw something on Twitter. They said it wasn't... I, like, they were claiming it wasn't... The failure wasn't, like, a design flaw or, like, uh, an engineering flaw. It was, like, just... It just blew up. There was, like, nothing Yeah, it was, I think it was a it. cooling issue or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, like, a defect in the part, and there wasn't, like, a defect in, like, the philosophy of all the pieces fitting together. It's just shit happens. It was a hot-ass day. It happens. So, from my understanding, the Mercedes issue was, like, water, like, cooling. They were, they're, they're, towards the end, well, they were, I think they were having them earlier, and, uh, during the race, and then towards the end, it was just like, okay, we're at a, we're at a breaking point here. Stop. Mm -hmm. Because I think... I think especially I don't know as much on Lewis's car if it was an issue, even though he did drop the pace to signs. I think on Russell's car because of how much he was racing, really like push like him and Max were just going back and forth, him and Checo going back and forth, that he did a lot of damage. And they both just took two new engines, so I don't know if this is a huge issue where, you know, it's something they could fix and keep the engine, or if they're going to be on new engines. I'm going to assume it's the the former that it's just it was a heating issue. Because he was getting, he had nobody in front of him, and he was getting car the things on the dash telling him that he needed to cool down the car. Yeah. So, but on them, now that we're on Mercedes, whew, they look good. They look good. They didn't look great. They look good. Yeah. I was very, 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 very happy. Early in the race, him and, uh, Lewis and Magnussen come together. You got the bad attitude thing coming in. Anything happens to anybody in life. I think we should park the car, you know, save the engine. They talk him back into the race. Great drive. Finished fifth. George Russell, showing he belongs. That mm-hmm. is exactly what I wanted to see. That guy is one of the best drivers in the world. Certified. I mean, that was a drive for the agents. Now, again, with Checo, it was a great battle. With Max, you know, there was a little bit of the – he didn't have DRS, so he couldn't blow right by you. But seeing them being able to battle without it just being so easy to pass was so cool because, oh, my God, the seamless pa- passing was just – it was that was awesome. That was probably yeah. the best part of the race. I mean, most of the race was focused on, like, those three cars for, like, I want to say a good 30 minutes of the race was just that battle. Yeah. So with Mercedes looking ahead to Monaco, right, because that's always a big – question mark because you're not gonna be able to pass it's all about where you qualify say mercedes does fix this whole porpoising thing brings a quick car so they take new power so they take new power units too like are they going to be in the conversation next week you think i think because this track doesn't have as many uh straights uh and they're again they had a lot of straight line speed i think this track suits them a little more again my whole take on it is Again, I don't think they're going to win. They're not in contention for either championship. The Drivers' Championship is certainly out. Constructors, yeah, maybe if some things happen, but that's still a shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. I think we're back on the pace where we can start maybe getting some race wins. 
they finally solved the porpoising issue. So now instead of solving an issue, they can build on, you know, the, these next couple upgrades that they bring throughout the season could be on improving a decent car, not improving a shitty one. They looked really good. Again, I don't know if next week we're going to be in the competition for a poll. I mean, the kind of thought that they were going to be in it for this week. Mm. And the pace that Lewis had all race, even after having to take the pit stop and all that, was was very uh, eye-opening. It was good to see. So I don't want to say yes. I would say that maybe we can be competing for the second row on the grid. Mm. Second row. I don't want to go for pole because I think I think it's going to be Charles or Max. So what do we think, like, I guess, what are the things to watch, like, the the segue between Spain, like, Barcelona, and Monaco? Like, what's the big segue there? So Ferrari, it's what actually happened with the engine, how much damage is done. I think it's a similar story for Mercedes. And for once, we don't have to talk about that for Red Bull. The goddamn wing won't open. So there is still something there. So I guess out of the three teams, like, really, who has the edge? Because everybody has skeletons in their closet and demons that are coming out to play. I guess... Who really has that edge now going into Monaco? Would it be Red Bull because of the confidence? Well, Red Bull won because if your only problem is the DRS wing, well, this isn't a track where that's a fucking major major factor because even with the DRS wing on the in the one DRS zone, it's impossible to pass. Right. So unless it's a very big difference on speed, it's going to be tough to pass. I think it's Red Bull just based on the confidence factor. I mean, even Max was like, yeah, tough race, but we still won. Mm-hmm. So, like... He's finished every race he's finished this year. He's won. Yeah. So I mean, I still think, and I think it was what was it the first race? He was he was in second place anyway. So I still think that was going to be Charles' race, but he was going to finish second. So he's in on the podium in every race, even if he if he doesn't have those DNFs, he's on the podium in every race. Yeah. So I think for him, and he doesn't make mistakes. Again, that the thing with the win, that was a win that thing, and that was just, that just happened. Like, so I, I really think it's Red Bull going into this week. Max is hot. Three wins in a row. Going to go for four. Ferrari's on the back foot for sure because if they had a 40-point championship lead, we were talking like, I was talking like, this is over already. I mean, it's going to be hard to come back from 40 points and for them to do it so fast mm-hmm. with these, these unfor- an unfortunate Charles mistake in Imola and just bad luck. It's Red Bull's in the driver's seat, and I'd say Mercedes has the least because, I mean... They're not really playing for anything. They're kind of just playing with house money, trying to win a race. Well, yeah, that's why for Monaco, I think Mercedes is ahead of Ferrari. Just like I think with the mentality of the teams and the drivers, like nobody has any expectations for Mercedes right now. And Leclerc has the weight of the world on him. Just finish this goddamn race, like let alone win. So he's going to be pushing as hard as he can in qualifying. Will he crash? Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he did it last year in qualifying. I think he finishes this year. I don't know if it's on the top podium, but you can't, the kid luck can't last for this bad forever. And the way Monaco is, like, Hamilton's won there so many times, and just the way that it's not as car-dependent as the other circuits, so I think he could think to himself, you know, the car's finally in a, I wouldn't say winning shape, but contending, and last year, Ferrari was a very shitty car, but in Monaco, they were 1-2 in qualifying, so even Mercedes with a decent setup, and just if Lewis can, like, do what he's done for the past seven years, he could have a chance to stick it up there, I think. So, Puff, you, 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 touched on, you, you touched on one thing that I thought was really, really interesting. So you said it was like the, the championship as a whole, right? So last year we saw how it was, it was Max and Lewis. They were just going back and forth, and they were all— the largest, the largest point difference before you continue in that season was like 15 points the whole year. Right. So that's what I was about to say is that like this year, new car, right? Like Ferrari's way ahead. Now 
like Red Bull's not way ahead, but like there's these massive momentum swings like back and forth. What I'm wondering is, in your opinion, once people figure these cars out more and more and unlock more power, right, and more stability, do you think that we see the championship start to plateau and we kind of go back to that where it's like, okay, like Ferrari Red Bull, like it's like, it's like one, like it's like, uh, you know, like Ferrari Red Bull, Red Bull, like whatever it is, right? As opposed to now where it's like Red Bull, two people on the podium, Ferrari DNS one car and this and that, like I'm wondering if, does this plateau a bit and these early races actually mean more than we think because it's going to be less of max point weekend or you get nothing? Like, are we going to see more of like that smoothing curve? The thing is, possibly these races, earlier races could be more important, but I don't know if the championship's ever going to plateau this year because last year it was basically the same car as the year before. Mm -hmm. And really it was this, not the same car, but it was basically the similar car that they've been driving since 2017. Mm -hmm. So everybody pretty much knew what you were getting. Uh, Mercedes, the 2020 car was like probably one of the best Formula One cars ever. 2021 was still very, obviously a very good car, similar to the 2020. Red Bull made major up, uh, upgrades from 2020 to 2021. So it was a car everybody was familiar with. The two best drivers were the two in the two best cars and were tearing it up. And everybody was just kind of behind. This year, I think, is different because there's a lot of things at play that are different. Guys are still feeling out the cars. Hmm. Um, the reliability is a lot different. Like last year, it was like Mercedes and Red Bull were like – reliability was like almost like 99%. It was like if anything's going to happen, it's going to be because they come together or something just crazy happens in the race. It was never going to be hmm. loss of power. Oh, my God. I have a blown engine. It was all, it was ne That was never the case. This year, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, and the tires are new too, so like, what if we get to a race where Pirelli just sends a shitload of shitty tires, and we're, like, Azerbaijan last year was, like, kind of a disaster, Yeah. as far as they're concerned, because that just, I know, if, I don't know if other pe people, NASCAR, you know, you see blown tires all the time, like, you don't see that in Formula 1, if that happens, it's like, pointing the fingers at Pirelli, like, this is shit, what yeah. the fuck is the problem? There's an investigation, the, it's like a whole nine yards. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I, I think... I th I'm gonna be just, I'm gonna be honest. I think it's I, I, I'm shocked that this early in the season Red Bull made up a 40 point gap. So to me now anything is possible. You know what if they get out to their own 40 point gap and then some things happen to them? It's yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know if it's gonna plateau. Maybe in the later stages when guys get more comfortable with the car. But then like how similar is next year gonna be to this year? I just don't know. I just don't think you could say. Yeah, I got it, Jake. What do you think? Um. I don't know. I think, like Puff was saying, it's so unpredictable. And with these cars, like, by the time some drivers get settled, like, by the time, let's say, Carlos Sainz doesn't get settled in until, like, the back half of the summer, it might be too late by then. So he might still be competing, but the gap will just be so large. Yeah. And that's uh, what Puff brought up, too, that next year it'll be interesting to see what the car design becomes. Like, with the last set of regulations, by 2021 and 2020, the cars are identical, like, par a few parts. So next year, yeah, like, like, yeah, guys, we'll go, like if Ferrari cars. wins the championship this year, will everybody go to the scoop side pods that like didn't have a good car this year? Or if Red Bull wins, everybody go with the box side pods. Hmm. And then that's just another point of Austin Martin real quick, copying Red Bull like they copied Mercedes. Did you yeah. see their tweet? Red, Red Bull that had was... a phenomenal tweet. It was, the, it was, that it was green, green, can. green can. They were like, anybody need a refreshment? <laughs> <laughs> that one's crazy though because they had a uh, Aston Martin got a lot of people from Red Bull so yeah. it's almost like did they steal stuff is it like that, is that, it like is it like the 2007 scandal of McLaren and Ferrari where McLaren just stole their car yeah so like, that, that's actually a thing um Helmet said 
Um, so obviously, like Formula One is like data heavy, like no sport that's actually ever that you can see. But um, he said that the people that left, he has evidence that they downloaded files and took it with them. Well, that's but but again, like uh, for people who maybe listen to us and are new to this sport, I mean, we are we're not new new, but you know, we're relatively new. One of the things is that when I was like getting deep into the sport was when I got into that scandal. I was like, dude, they were going after people criminally. Like, that'll be a criminal case. Yeah. Like, to the point where, like, if it's really bad, people are going to get arrested. Once, if, if, and if upper management and Aston Martin knew, you know, what if that becomes a thing? He's already in of, trading. I mean, what, like, what, he has a million things going on. I feel like this is, like, dude, the... One of the things that has been rolling through my head is Otmar leaving. Now, he just said it was because they hired, uh, can't think of his name off the top of my head. The guy who used to be Mar- uh, Martin something, who used to, who was with uh, McLaren in the championship days. Martin Win- Winmarsh or something. My bad, not knowing the name off my head. What if Otmar actually left because he figured out what people at Aston Martin were doing, and he just didn't agree with it? He's like, wow. you know, I'm not gonna rat you guys out because I'm not a rat, but like, what? I just don't feel comfortable, you know, doing this to another team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I. You know, part of me doesn't like being here anyway, but what if that was, the, like, the nail in the coffin where he was like, I'm done here. Like, if we're doing this, I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm sorry. That, this is just not for me. So it be, like, what if that's a thing? thing to I'm, I'm going to take that one step further. What if what if they didn't do it initially because the Red Bull car wasn't working? So they had this data, and they're like, let's see what Red Bull does. Red Bull goes and shits the bed the first couple races. They're like, ah, this is trash. We don't want to use this anyway. And then now Red Bull... <laughs> Red Bull starts putting on a clinic, and then they pull this old data back out. and like, okay, actually, this does work. Maybe that's why we well, haven't th- seen it until now. The thing that was interesting to me, and I don't know if Lance Stroll meant to say this or if he kind of like outed himself. He said they developed two cars. So did they developed one with like the Red Bull technology. Oh, wow. That's what they're claiming, like, that they had this like, one developed since uh, like November. They're like, we just think uh, that yeah, was we'll the just best. put that on the back burner, and maybe nobody will notice, and we'll just see how our car we developed is. And then when they realized they developed a shit box again – they decided let's implement some of Red Bull stuff. Wow, that's wild. I didn't know. I didn't. I never put that together about Alpine. He's an OG though too. Like he's a super cool guy. Like they'll have him on there. Um, I remember one of the first races this year. I forget which one, but um, like Ocon and Fernando were like racing, and he's like, "Yeah, no team orders. Like we'll put on a clinic for you guys." And they're like talking to him in the paddock, but like just like watching his drivers, like just like almost wreck every other turn. He's just like a spectator. <laughs> yeah, he's like this cool. Dude. So I wouldn't cool. be surprised if that happened. That's what I mean. Maybe he just wasn't wasn't with it. Yeah. But uh, back on what we were, we were keeping on the the upgrades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw one of the things too. Uh, Mercedes was actually doing basically comparing their data from the car that they ran at Spain in the test with the the real side pods compared to this. And where one of the things that they were discussing if if this if the car was actually not as good on pace as the testing car that they might have switched back to a more standard sidepod. So I, I do know that that Lewis said that they gave Russell an experimental product or like he phrased it like super mysteriously like they gave Russell something that Lewis didn't have and apparently it worked out well is what like Lewis alluded to. Um, well they had been they did exper- experimenting with like different wing setups for like okay. the first four races. Yeah, it was something like that, and he's like, well, like, we finally got this figured out now. I know, like, the porpoising did look a bit better as well, so, I mean, that's good. Um, but, yeah, Keith, what were you saying, Puff? Sorry. No, no, but that was pretty much it. Just, like, 
Uh, so I'm assuming that they're going to keep the no side pod mm-hmm. uh, car because it, it, it looked good this race. It looked very good. Yeah, I, I, I think that'll be interesting to what Jake said. I feel like this is the first year in a while where you can look at a car. True innovation. It, yes. Yeah. You can look at a car with no decals, no sponsors, no colors, no nothing. And you can be like, that's either the Ferrari or, or whatever. Like you, you can kind of tell, right? I'm wondering if, because Mercedes is another one that has like a very distinct car, right? It kind of looks like a UFO. It's pretty cool, actually. Unlike yeah, anything you've ever seen. Top three teams. Yeah. Um, so to, to, to Jake's point earlier, I'm wondering if, like, say Red Bull does run away with things, right? Is every car going to look like that? And if so, like, is that IP, like, is that intellectual property? Like, how does that work? I think if you develop it on your own, no. If you steal it from them, yes. But, like... Even if you look at the 2020, 2021 cars, like they all kind of look remotely the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adrian Newey says in his book, again, genius, he says his fir- his favorite time to design a car is when there's a major regulation change because that's when you see almost the same kind of innovation that you saw in like the 70s, 80s, and partly the early, early 90s where like the cars were like every team had like a basically a different car. Mm. So I think this year you see these crazy different cars. I think next year you maybe see some teams try something similar to other teams. And then by the time we get to like 2025, 2026, where there's going to be, you know, the last year till we do the new engine stuff, the cars will kind of all have like a similar, like you'll either have it all no side pods, like every team figures out the no side pod thing, or it was like, this is a disaster. Side pods are a thing, and everybody has side pods. You you won't have one team having none, and another team having all the side pods. Mm-hmm. Like those things will be kind of similar. Yeah. All right. So looking ahead to Monaco, way early hot take, shot in the dark predictions. Top three at Monaco. Who do we see, Paul? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna go with Verstappen, Leclerc, and Lewis Hamilton coming in at third. Wow. I like him, I like him, I like Mercedes to be getting more consistent podiums. Okay. I'm saying Leclerc's winning. Uh, he's getting a Grand Slam every lap, fastest lap, pole to wire to wire. I think he's doing the whole thing. Wow! And Just ending the curse all at once. Yeah. Like. And then uh, Max takes second, and then yeah, I think Lewis will take third in this one just because he's won there. It's a track for him. He's just gonna whip it. He's gonna be a lot better there than Sainz and Perez and Russell can be in their cars respectively. Got it. All right. So I I look back and I notice this thing. Every time I pick Leclerc to win, Verstappen wins. So ready? Here we go. Leclerc, <laughs> Verstappen, signs. There it is. I like it. I like it. Um, I, one thing I will say with the the Grand Slam thing, that's not really like a hot take because like I feel like they pretty much all trail each other at Monaco like anyway. So like you're usually going to do the same pit stop strategy as everybody else if you're the leaders. Yeah, unless your front like that, tire gets stuck or something. Like, you know, like they're, oh, they're, yeah, those are brutal. Those are brutal. interesting things that could happen though. Like, you could... this year. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. Uh, just with the, like, some years the overcut's amazing at Monaco. Some years the undercut works best. It'll be uh, interesting to see with these cars. Maybe some will just be so much better with fresh air as compared to yeah. whatnot. How these uh, pitch stop strategies will play out. What I'm really interested in is what tire compound are we mm. going to go? Are they going to go with? Are we going to do mediums? Or are they going to do hards and just – because, again, it's so hard to pass. Do you just do hards and try to do as long as a stint as possible and then pit? Like it's so interesting because now with the new the new rule that you don't have to start on the tires you use in Q2, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Like what is the strategy going to be here at Monaco this year? Is it going to be a long run or a medium run and a medium run? It's going to be really interesting. Lots to yeah, play for I, this weekend. 
I, I, I think the, the cool thing too is we're not going to find out about that for a couple of days, right? Because a lot of things is going to go in like like uh, weather. I mean, don't, don't forget like that tracks a road too, right? So like, what does that look like? Because there already is a degree of rubber already ingrained in it. So like, there's a million things that can go into it. Or I mean, you could like qualify first and then crash your car. <laughs> Dude, I, that was that was <laughs> tough. That was tough. That was so. I felt so bad for. Yeah, because Max on a pisser of a lap. Max would have took and pole. He wasn't going to take it. Carlos Sainz was going to get it before. It was going to go to Claire Steins Verstappen or it was. You know, that's, they always say that about Verstappen laps. It's always, that could have been the greatest lap ever. But well, Verstappen I mean, could drive into a school bus. Awesome, the fastest anybody's ever driven into a school dude, bus. Dude, if, if, if he didn't crash after the third turn, that was going to be one of the best quality laps of all time. Thank you. That's what I was just about to say. It absolutely but, would. To switch gears for the last little part of this podcast. It's the greatest weekend in racing, especially in America, because the way the times all line up, it's pretty freaking great. You get Monaco at 9, 8 or 9, India at 12, NASCAR at 6. Woo! It's a big one. Big one. I'm bringing a liver with me on Sunday. Indy 500. <laughs> Little Indy talk here. Okay. Who do you guys got? Who do, who do we got on Sunday? Jake. Uh, I like Tony Knott. Okay. Who do you like? Tony Kanaan. I like the experience. Tony Kanaan. Oh, man. I, dude, he looks good. He's in yeah. a Canassi car, too. Experience. The Canassi cars are clearly the best. Chip Canassi's got the best cars this year. Jake, what about you? I like Pelot and I like Scott Dixon. I think Scott Dixon, with that, uh, with the qualifying speed, he said yeah. he said a message, and it's his last season, so, like, why not? When one, of five, one of 500 in your last season, even if you don't win the championship, it'll be so memorable. Like, he's so motivated right now. And then Pelot, I mean... He's just ripping these days. He was a champion last year. He's got a lot. Of, I, people don't take him as seriously as they should. Like when they talk about drivers that could be an F one, it's always other people besides him. But he won the series. He could win on any track. So I think he has something to prove there. Um, one thing I will say. Uh, well, everyone talks about the other guys because they got connect. Like they got connections. One's an American, Colin Herta. The other's like in a team that also has an F one team. Mm-hmm. The thing about Alex Pelot is second place last year. He lost to Helio, and he was close. Some of the lap traffic, lap traffic at the end could have affected that, but my pick is going to be the old horse, the rookie, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> I am pulling. Where's he at? He's somewhere up around here. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, man. If he didn't have get that close incident with the wall on his his final qualifying run. He was up in the top four of almost every practice, the mm. first qualifying sessions. He's in a Chip Canassi car as well. I really think one of the Canassi cars is going to win. Mm. So, what is Dixon. that your grind? Do you have like a piece of his hair and like his dirty sock that you have? No, like, but I have a I have an autograph card by him. I got Verstappen cards. I got Juan Pablo Montoya up there, Andretti. I got the whole boys. I got this little thing right here that we got for like five bucks. Oh, wow. Fernando. Nice. He, he's talking about not doing it again because of the aero screen. Like, quit being a poops. Get back <laughs> over there. <laughs> uh, that's another thing, too. He's talking, I want to do this for four more years. No, I'm good. I'm good. I like Fernando. Oscar Pistari should be in that car. Yeah. Oh, and then one quick thing. Do we think Latifi gets replaced midseason? I not think he has to. He's a dangerous there... himself out there. <laughs> <laughs> There was like a report that leaked from a reputable reporter that he was being replaced, and then like the team walked it back, and the reporter walked it back. But it seems like Nick DeVries is going to be getting in that seat, and when he beats him 
FP1. It's not a good look. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't by a small amount. I think it was like four sec, four seconds. I was. And again, I'm sure they were doing different things with DeVries with the testing and all that yeah. stuff. But DeVries should be in that car. No. But another great pod, guys. We will see you Monday. Adios. Probably. Depends. Peace out.